Hi everybody, Steve Holliday here and welcome back to my podcast, Our Leadership Voices Uncut. The podcast dedicated to the revealing, sharing and celebrating of the ordinary uncut leadership voices of some people I've met along the way. And as I explore my own uncut leadership voice and my own presence and impact. We head now to the last of three podcasts with my current co-host Tom Bowden. And in this final podcast, as you know, we explore reflecting on the first two podcasts. What do we hear and make of our voices? Let's dive in and enjoy. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. You all right, mate? Yeah, yeah. Back in the old spare bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. After being out, yeah. out, out, out last week. Yeah. Out, out for two weeks. Uh, It was, um, well, some of it was planned, some of it wasn't, obviously. No, Uh, no, the, um, the, uh, the uh, navigating the um, fuel crisis, which seems to be, as you pointed out, seems to be largely south, south, London and southeast, most, most, Mm. most um, terrible. It wasn't too bad here in rugby. I know we're sort of in the Midlands, but... um, there was a couple of quite a few cues, but um, nothing too daft. Um, so you were you definitely were improvising and adapting, and um, yeah, ending up not being. How's how's the body from the hundred mile walk? Uh, just say that again. A hundred mile walk. Uh, well, well, a hundred kilometers. Oh, hundred kilometers. Yeah. Sorry, sixty miles. That's, sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, still. Yeah, still. Hey, <laughs> hang on. Oh, yeah, only sixty miles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I think I, the legs are fine. My feet were okay within sort of 48 hours, I think. Um, legs were aching for a few days. You know, I was walking like uh, a cowboy for a couple of days. Um, fine now. I need to get, I need to actually get out there. What I've noticed is um, my motivation to go out uh, is, is sort of dampened because we were always working up towards the big, this big event. Um, yeah. Yeah, but as, as an experience, Steve, it was it was fantastic. You know, um, just the, the all of the camaraderie. I'm sure it's you know when you did your big swim, you know, every. I suppose the difference with with walking and swimming is you, you can talk to each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my head's in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, all the other teams. So the, the setup was it's teams of four, right? Um, and you know you. Uh, you have a team name and you're raising the money and all that sort of stuff. And then you, um, and there's 10 checkpoints along the way where you can stop and fill up your water bottle and get a cup of tea, get your blisters seen to, whatever's needed. But by the nature of it, you're sort of bumping into the similar groups each time. Yeah. So you've got this sort of conversation over the course of eight hours <laughs> with with uh, you know this team that you keep on sort of happening upon and stuff, so there was some, and and everyone you know it wasn't a competition, it wasn't a race, so everyone was sort of supporting each other, and and there were lots of examples where people had to drop out because they were they had their feet were wrecked or whatever, um, and they couldn't go on and they pulled a muscle, and so the, the people who's who had lost team members would then join up, so. One of the um, risk controls for the event was you couldn't just walk as a pair because as soon as you're in a pair, if one goes missing, you're both missing. Um, yeah. So there were people who were like, oh, can we walk together? 
um, and, and for, you know, form a new team because we just want to get to the finish line. You know, we want to finish this thing, but we recognise that, you know, Barry can't make it now. So he, he's been carted off by the support team. So um, there was a real sense of community around this sort of common goal of, of getting to the finish line. Wow. Uh, which, which was really nice. Um, and then, you know, the, the relief of getting there. But I tell you what, the 3 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. slot, God, that was just a slog. Um, it was cloudy. It was actually quite low cloud, so it was quite hazy. Right. No moonlight. Um, so, you just can't see any, so you just can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no reference points. You, you don't get see, any. Yeah. You don't get any perspective at all. Yeah. You're just. You're just basically yeah. trudging. Um, oh. So uh, that, that's where the mental game kicked in. Yeah. It went a bit quiet around then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the opposite could be true, you could be go quite quiet, or you could start singing all sorts of daft songs and. There, there was know, a bit of that, but it, overplaying, it got, you know. Yeah, it got short shrift. I think people were like, "No, no, come on, we just need to get through this bit." <laughs> just shut up and let me have a beat. I'm not sleeping, but let me have some peace <laughs> for the yeah. next hour or two until some light comes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, you know, it it was good, and we were already looking at. Um, we're starting to think about what next year we could do. Um, yeah. Well, you'll have you'll have that. Um, you know that um, the end of the Gestalt uh, learning cycle of um, the fertile void. You know the space between that's done and what's next. Mm. I think that reticence to go out is probably a bit of that. You know the candy, the adrenaline afterwards. You know I felt that after my swim because it's not just the swim; it's or the walk. It's the months and months and months of preparation yeah. that build up to it. You know, and everything's about I'm coming towards this, and then when it's done, you're like, oh. Um, you know, do I want to do anything else? Have I got any energy for that, <laughs> or can I do something completely different? Um, or do I just want to sit for a while and just see what happens? Well, yeah, and that that was the funny thing because I ended up doing that, but unintentionally because I was trapped with my, my mum and dad's. Yeah. So I actually spent some good time with them without the kids being around, and uh, you know, I spent some time with my sister. Um, went to the pub, but you know, and I and I, and I you know, my body repaired itself. Um, by not having to do too much, to be honest. I mean, yeah, my step yeah. count on last Friday was under a thousand steps, which would have been the first time that's happened for a couple of years. It was. Um, I mean, it's an incredible achievement. To, it's a long old way to walk. Jesus, it's. Um, it shows it's possible, but you know, obviously it takes preparation and a good mindset and a good gr- a good group, as you say. That's uh, yeah. you know having a good group of guys or girls, you know, a good team just to spend some time with. Um, I think that is the one thing. I had it a little bit with my training team and then on the boat. They were in, in the boat while I was swimming, but it is not the same. I think if I'd ran a marathon or something, you know, at least you would have had, you're upright and you can see the audience and crowds and other runners, you know. Yeah, and you get so, the energy from the from the other runners. You get the energy yeah, from the crowds. Yeah, solo sports um, is a different thing, I think, um, particularly that type anyway. Um, it can be quite lonely. Um, but, I mean, that was the point, I guess. <laughs> now it's pretty good, mate, I have to say. Um, well, listen, let's dive in and we'll do the recording and then um, afterwards we can um, we can just have a bit of a catch-up and find out what you're up okay. to and what we're doing. But um, remember, this this um, this is only a short piece, this piece. Yeah. This, is, um, this is typically 10, 15 minutes. It's nothing too long. Um, and this is really an experimental piece. You know, when I first started getting into uh, leadership 
voices uncut. I started asking the question about my own voice, but then I started getting interested in other people's presence and voices. So I said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if I did a third round afterwards where we listen to ourselves and then we just jump on the call and go, what did we notice? And it's a very neutral question. You know, what mm. did we notice appreciatively, depreciatively? What did we notice about our own voices, maybe about each other's? And then over time, what I'm going to do is once I get the first season done, at the very end, I'm going to go back and listen to all of those little vignettes and pull together the threads of what everybody else noticed about their voices and mine and what I noticed about um, my voice to see what I'm learning, you know. But that, this is very truly, I mean, the whole thing's an experiment, but this, um, this piece definitely is. It's a, I wonder what's to discover. Mm. so um um i had a listen back I've, I've listened a couple of times now to both of our episodes which i thoroughly enjoyed by the way um yeah it's just great listening to them again i was i've been out dog walking i've been in the car with the between you coming through the speakers it's just awesome um um what did you notice about your voice what do you, what do you have one to start off i've got a couple um, of things I've, I've got to think about but um what did you notice um. The first thing that I noticed, I mean, and I know it's silly, is you can't help but notice it doesn't sound like you, you know. And you know, I think a lot of people really struggle with they do you know, yeah. overcoming that. Oh, I sound funny. Um, and you know, we talk about leadership voices, and I think in in my organisation, um, what I'm a huge advocate of is people, you know, creating video messages uh, and and using video as a way of um, sharing information, but also encouraging dialogue. And, and one of the barriers, interestingly, to that is the sound of their own voice. So to answer your question, mm. that was my what I immediately noticed. The other thing that I started to notice very early on in the um, first podcast was I was umming a lot. Um, I've just done it. And... Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got one of them. Don't worry. <laughs> and then I I kind of stopped noticing it. Now, did I stop noticing it because I got used to it, or did I stop noticing it because it it, it started to um, uh, to disappear? And my conclusion was that over the course of the recording, we just got into such a rhythm, you know, that there was no need for pauses and umming and thinking, because actually. We, we, we increasingly started to bounce off each other uh, in a way that we, we do when we're on the phone or we're in, together in yeah. person. Uh, so I just enjoyed listening to the interplay. There were only a couple of occasions, and I think because of the, the nature of it being recorded, you know, being unable to read each other's signals as well as if we were in a room together, there were only a couple of occasions where we, we spoke over each other or, or interrupted. And each time that happened, it was accidental or it was very um, politely done. Uh, I think there was a real respect there in the voices. <coughs> yeah, I can uh, I can relate a bit to the. Um, it's interesting about the. Um, uh, I think the, the topic of I don't I don't didn't know it sounded like that. I mean, you and I have done a lot of audio. We do, you do a lot of video. I mean, you are, you know, have been playing a really strong advocacy for audio and video for a long time. So you, we are pretty familiar with our voices and our faces. Mm. Um, 
and but lots of people aren't and when they hear it for the first time they kind of go they do go crakey is that uh, that you know and, I, and there is a big lot of research about why that is about the way the sound comes out of the mouth and actually where it's heard by others versus how you hear yourself um but uh there's me umman um you know doing that same thing one of the things i noticed was um i have a i talked about this in a podcast ages ago mm. and i thought it was a northern thing i do do you know every now and then and I, I, when once I noticed it ages ago, and the first when I first started doing these types of podcasts after Tanya and Neville, I was like, I actually said on one of the podcasts, I say you know a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, is that is that a habit? Where's that come from? And I started listening to my mum and my dad up in the northeast, and I thought, well, they say it a lot, and I thought, do other people outside the northeast say it? And they don't. It's a, there's a there's a certain sort of they have other terms they use. I think it's just part of the dialect. It's part of the mm-hmm. language. I thought that was quite interesting. I noticed in the first podcast with my voice that um, there was quite there was quite a bit of what what we call in the virtual practice the audio nods. You've just done it there. So as I'm speaking, you go, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm. You know, mm. it creates a liveliness. It says, "Oh, I hear you. I understand you." It's not there's no like um, sanitized quietness. You yeah. know, it's it's like when you run a group session, everybody's got their cameras off and their audios are muted and you're talking and you feel like you're in like a, like a vacuum. Hello, is anybody else there? But when you have the microphones on and you hear the coughs, the splutters and everybody in there now and then going, oh yeah, or a laugh or a, um, it makes it warmer. Um, and yeah. I noticed those audio nods in me and you. I also noticed that in that first podcast, it was more of a, which I'll take me on to the second piece. In the first podcast, it was more of a, a story tell of how we know each other. So there was quite mm. a lot of inquiry and inquisitiveness and more questions. Um, I noticed my voice was still firm, but it was slightly softer, slightly slower, not so um, certain. I had certainty, but it wasn't. A, in the second podcast, I noticed it shifted. And, it's, and I hadn't really noticed this before, I think. So in the in the second podcast, I noticed it went to him because then we were saying, what, what do we care about? Yeah. Which means we're now saying, here's what we know and here's what we believe in. And that voice for me was, was the firmness of my voice in that second podcast. You could tell the difference. I could tell the difference when I started listening. I thought, okay. oh, yeah. When I'm in a mode of co-storytelling with Tom, my voice has a certain... Um, uh, power to it and when I'm in a us sparring what do we know and getting it out there it, it's got much more um, assuredness and um, this is what we know mm. you know it's like a matter of fact about it you know um, which is a slightly different tone okay. now, now that is interesting how you know the softness and the hardness and the firmness of a voice um, I, I'm still thinking about it but I just oh it, it took a while for me to listen to it, to tune into it. But I thought, oh, and when I went back to the other one and I kept playing the two different ones and I thought, yeah, you can <laughs> tell the difference. If you listen well enough, you can tell based on the nature of the question, the topic, it has a difference in power to it. And, and I noticed it was almost like a, a, an increased amount of energy. Yeah. Um, it, there's sort of, because I was, I was, you, you co- coached out of me, or you, you inquired into 
things that had happened in the past, which I hadn't told the story of for, for a while. And actually, um, I remember something that I was talking about where I was describing it and I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I never really thought about it like that before. You know, um, it was the, the, the piece about, and I often reflect on, on this, but, you know, I talk to people a lot about how we got to where we are relating to the, the, the work that we do. And I often think about it as being a, a strategy that we did in reverse. You know, we 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 sort of knew what, where where we were going. We just didn't know how to get there. Um, so so I noticed when I was telling that part of the story, there was a real um, excitement and energy, really, that you had sort of drawn that out of me. Yeah, I think there is something interesting in the voice, though. If you retell a story that you know about but haven't spoken about for a while, and then you tell it and say, "Oh, yeah." It's like when you told the story about when I said, tell people a bit about your background and you started to tell about all about moving around and living in different places. You know, it's um, it's just so interesting how it how it shifts the voice. The other I guess there's a couple of things just to finish that I've got. And then I think I'm done. But um, there's something about this is a when I speak about something I really believe in. Mm. What what does that sound like? You know, I think there's something about beliefs, um, the things you stand for, you know, in the in the um, leadership plan and simple, you know, the FED model of future. What do you care about, stand for and believe in in the world? What would you really put yourself behind you know, out on the soil somewhere in the world and say, this is what I believe in? And I think that brings in a, a, a particular type of voice. And I noticed that in our second conversation because we were increasingly moving to a crescendo of sharing our beliefs yeah as well as our intellectual ideas and concepts and real stories but we were saying we were starting to speak at a belief level about mm. what we think institutions should be and what we think work is and what we think relationships should be and communication should be should be should you know there's like a <laughs> demand and expectation that's like a, this is how it should be right <laughs> And that is really, that's such a different voice to, oh, I wonder what I'm missing. I wonder what I could be <laughs> wrong about. What don't I know? What am I blind to? You know, it's the, it's the curiosity alongside the advocacy. Hmm. And it was the beliefs um, that I was certainly, um, that's got me quite interested in is what's, if you ask somebody to actually tap into, we do it in coaching, I guess. We say, tell me what you really care about. Why are you here? What what does this matter? Mm. And they're really important questions because to to coax that out, to coax out that sort of oh, this is what I believe in, you know, is yeah. really important. And I I I find myself when I'm speaking to others, just really trying to get them to have a very different kind of conversation about what they believe in by mm. asking some of those questions. And then you can hear that you you it's it's almost a mix of two things. You hear their passion and beliefs and you hear the relief that someone cares and someone's interested interested enough to ask about it oh uh, okay so you yeah. the the invitation the voice your voice as an invitation for them to tell that story hmm. right yeah um I wonder, yeah i wonder what that sounds like for them that yeah. voice and obviously in, in business because usually they would you know the, the questions they would get asked would be have you finished the task? You know, where are we on the project? Um, what's happening with this? Uh, and as soon as you, you know, 
start a different conversation with people related to what they're passionate about. Um, it's it's really enlightening. I think I get the impression people enjoy it, you know. And then, funnily enough, they almost feel guilty that they're having a, a conversation that isn't about their tasks, about their project plan. Uh, even even though it's in, inextricably connected, because exactly. we're we're only here because that's about the mission and the purpose and the reason for existing in the first place. What's quite interesting, though, is that from a voice point of view, is the to see the connection between the two and to, as you say, to give it equal, to give it credible space. And particularly when groups get a bit stuck, that's a good place to go. If you don't know what decision to make, going back to your fundamental purpose, ground, reasons for being there, you know, help, helps to bring priorities, decision-making mm. around difficult problems. So um, I just, I was so subtly interested in this difference between a beliefs voice uh, um, and then this, um, you know, softer storytelling voice. Um, the only other thing I noticed between us is there was a little bit of, um, uh, as I say, expectation demand. And I think you even talked about the, the challenger voice, you know, to bring a challenger voice. Mm. So I think there's, a, there's another end, which is, um, I mean, I'm exploring this for myself at the moment. What's my challenger voice sound like? I've been thinking about that for a while now, particularly in times of disturbance. You know, how do I bring my voice my challenger voice in times of disturbance but i heard that in both of us in the second podcast because we were we were nailing really uh, as, as i say how we think things should be and then telling mm. stories about how we would guide and push our clients yeah you know so we're not sitting on the fence in that in that regard we're, we're, we're our voices uh, and even when you were describing that i could hear the push in your voice i was thinking oh this guy's serious about his work you know, we want to have some fun, but he's up to something. And getting that challenger voice right is so important, you know, especially when you're you're coaching people or, or consulting people out of their comfort zones. You know, if if you if you get it wrong and they can easily dismiss it. So, you, you know, asking those questions in a way that makes people feel safe to experiment uh, or, or safe to get it wrong, uh, I think is really is, is incredibly important. Uh, and and obviously what lies behind that is a good a good relationship in the first place. They need to have some trust that you know you know what you're talking about and you you know you know you're there for the right reasons. Yeah, and I think that that makes me that makes me think of part of part of um of your voice work is is actually about the silence and the breathing and the deciding what's the next thing I'm going to say and how am I going to say it. That in mm. itself, that in itself, is the work, which I think is what we were um, doing when we were together. Um, that's all I have. Have you got any more? Just something on the verbal nods. Actually, um, I, I, I'm doing it because I'm thinking to do it. You know, it's a conscious choice that I'm making because I know that the quality of our conversation will be better if I provide those verbal nods. Yeah. Um, however. I say that I am, I'm consciously thinking of it, but I don't need to think about it anymore because I've practiced doing it over the last couple of years. So for anyone listening to this, who just is thinking, well, you know, how, how can I, how can I be better at doing those things? You know, as ever, the answer is practice, you know, um, make a point of thinking about it to the point where you don't need to think about it. Uh, <laughs> and that was a, a lesson 
Um, I, I mean, it was you actually, you talked about this idea of verbal nods a few years ago. And now I find myself practicing it on every Teams call or Zoom call I'm on. Mm, um, yeah, my... that other person, that little bit of enthusiasm. Don't worry, mate, someone's listening. Uh, kind of, you know, just keep going. So, um, yeah, but it took practice. Yeah, my, I mean, my business partner, Bruno, I know, I know you've met. He's just extraordinary at it. He's brilliant at it. You know, even when we're self-aware and we teach it on our programs, but he's just so, and he's so authentic at it. It's like, you just, mm. you know, it just looks incredibly natural. But of course, that's probably taken a lifetime just to develop in all, in all sorts of ways. And I guess with him not being an English native, you know, with him being um, French national, but living in Britain, maybe that's also an interesting dynamic of how to communicate in ways other than, you know, full words. Um, yeah. You can do it just through the all sorts of little nods and nudges. And in this virtual world, it's so crucial. As you say, you get a sense of, I'm still with you. Yeah. You know, I might have my child on my knee while we're having a virtual call or my dog is barking and I'm having to answer the door, but I can still hear you and I'm still telling you I'm here. Um, let's pause there, Tom. Tom, okay. it, it has been an absolute blast. It's been my real pleasure to have you um, as continuing this bar. I'm, I bet this isn't the last one we do together for sure, but I want to thank you for it. It's been great. No, well, thanks for, you know, having me as a, as a guest on your on your series. Co-host. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's an honour. Thank you. Uh, cheers, mate. And um, next time people hear from me, I'll just be reflecting on my time with you. So um, until then, let's pause there.